0: For the last couple weeks, we have listened to the story of Jesus' great commission in the Gospel of Matthew. And we've looked at two ways in this that Lamb is to make disciples. One is as individuals, when we are sent into the world, just like Jesus was saying to his disciples there at the uh, end of the Gospel of John, we are sent into the world now by Christ uh, with the power of the Spirit into our jobs, our relationships with our neighbors, and family members. Even right now, with things being as different as they are, these relationships carry on in some way. And we represent Christ in these relationships, in these places that God sends us. Because when we follow Christ, the aroma of his presence goes with us, as we heard in the passage from 2 Corinthians, whether it's an aroma of life to life or an aroma uh, from death to death. Either way, the aroma of Christ is with us as he sends us into the world. Now, So Lamb uh, makes an essential way we make disciples is as individuals who embody the Lord Jesus. We're sent into the corners of Harrisonburg and Rockingham County as ambassadors of Christ. And two, we make disciples as a church. We gather as the church to worship and serve our risen king. We listen to his instructions. We pray for ourselves and for the world. And in ordinary circumstances, we eat at his table. In all these ways, we're being formed as disciples of our king Jesus, and we're sent out again to serve in his kingdom through the week. Now, there's one more piece of the Great Commission to reflect on. In the gospel of Matthew and in the book of Acts, Jesus tells his disciples that they're to make disciples of all nations. And we receive this as a command for the church of every generation. The church of every generation is to consider what it looks like for it to make disciples of the nations, to push the boundaries of where the gospel has gone and continue to take it into new territories. But how does one local church obey Jesus's command, especially a small church like ours? We we definitely cannot do this alone, and this is why I'm grateful to be part of a global church. As Anglicans, we're united with Christians throughout the world who are making disciples, and the majority of these are in Africa. But how are you and I, to be part of this work in the midst of our lives, um, raising families, working, um, just trying to sustain life, and especially right now, limited as we are. This is what we're going to look at this morning, and at the end of this, John is going, hey, is going to give the report on our trip to Uganda. How does Lamb make disciples of all nations? We believe that Christ has given this command to the church, and that we are part of that. As I said, we don't do it alone, but we're part of it. So how is Lamb part of it? Well, first of all, to make disciples of all nations, we must make disciples here. Let me explain why this is part of it. There are some of you, if you had traveled with us to Uganda, you would have come back ready to sell everything so that you could give the profits to the people there in Uganda to the deprivation that you would witness there. And God, he does call people to extreme actions like this. But that's not always the case. I'd venture to say it's it's not the n- normal case at all. More often than not, God calls people like all of us to adjust our lives around this larger mission. To adjust our lives around what we experience when we travel to places like this, so I want to share with you a wonderful quote from Wendell Berry, an author and farmer for Kentucky and from Kentucky. And then I'm going to explain what this has to do with making disciples. Now I'm also going to share my screen with you so that you can actually see this um, quote. Let me make sure that
1: I can, just a second, that I can do this. Um, There we go. All right, I think you can see that. Here's
0: the quote from Barry. No matter how much one may love the world as a whole, one can live fully in it only by living responsibly in some small part of it. Where we live and who we live there with define the terms of our relationship to the world and to humanity. let you hear that one that first part once more no matter how much one may love the world as a whole one can live fully in it only by living responsibly and some small part of it all right so what is Barry saying Barry's saying that to be good for the world to benefit the world we have to be good and benefit the little corners of the world that God has put us. We can only truly live and exist in one place. So a a better question, what does this have to do with making disciples of Jesus in all nations? Well, we can only help make faithful disciples in other places if we're first doing it faithfully here. Do you remember what Jesus told the religious leaders of his own day? For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Jesus' command to make disciples of all nations, ironically, charges us to first make sure we're living responsibly, in Barry's words, or making disciples faithfully, right where we are. And surprisingly, this is one of the ways our trip to Uganda spurred me on. In the Diocese of Lengo, the area that we are focusing on, our relationship on right now, their vision statement is the whole gospel for the whole person. And the church there is looked to for help in matters as far reaching as economics, farming, education, and then to worship and spiritual nourishment. The secular and sacred, sacred divide that we find so common in American Christianity is nowhere to be seen in Africa and Uganda where we were. And this whole gospel for the whole person is the same gospel that Jesus prog- proclaims. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus proclaims liberty from sin and sadness. He proclaims a year of jubilee for all broken people, for the whole creation. Now, what does this mean? For Church of the Lamb to make disciples of the nations, we have to continue striving to proclaim Christ here. The whole gospel, for the whole person, for the people of Harrisonburg and Rockingham County. As many dire needs as there are in Uganda, and and there are many, we will be better poised to serve these as we're more and more rooted and faithful here. And this is why we need to continue praying and working to grow as a church, both in depth and in people, so that we can better serve others. And as we grow in maturity as a church, as we become more established in Christ in our place here, we will be better equipped to equip others in the gospel. So to make disciples of all nations, we are to make disciples here. However, don't hear me saying that we need to wait until we've perfected our work here before we move out to help others. Uh, If you've ever traveled for a mission trip of some sort, you may have been asked a question like um, the one I'm about to ask. Or maybe you're a person who's wondered something like this yourself. Here's the the questions that, that we sometimes hear asked. We have so many problems here. Why would you go across the world to deal with other people's problems? Why don't you just stay here and deal with ours? That's the sort of question I want to try to answer next. How do we, Lamb, make disciples in the nations? Well, first, we make disciples here. But second, we nurture partnerships for the kingdom. We build relationships for the kingdom of Jesus in other places. Now, for this, I want to share with you one more quote that helps me think about this uh, from another favorite author of mine. Again, I'm going to share my screen so that you can see this and follow along with it. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a story called Lord of the Rings and in it he talked about uh, this sort of make-believe type of people called hobbits. And hobbits live in a place called the Shire. It's this very idyllic place. And I've sometimes heard the valley described as the Shire. And here's what Tolkien says about the hobbits. There in that pleasant corner of the world, they plied their well-ordered business of living, and they heeded less and less the world outside, until they came to think that peace and plenty were the rule and the right of all sensible folk. They forgot or they ignored the labors of those that made possible the long peace of the shire. They were, in fact, sheltered, but they had ceased to remember it. Now, what does this have to do with making disciples of all nations? The rest of Tolkien's remarkable story, The Lord of the Rings, is about how the hobbits are forced to venture out of the comfort of the shire to the darkest places of the earth. And there they battle a dark enemy to save the shire and the known world. Even still, the shire would not go unharmed in the process. Now, why am I sharing this? Tolkien was a Christian, and he understood that God has created the world such that our lives are interconnected. This is especially the case with the body of Christ in the world. If one part of the body of Christ suffers, the rest of the body suffers with it. If one part of the body rejoices, the other rejoices with it. These are the words of the Apostle Paul, and these words are not only true for local a local church like lamb members like us as individuals it's also true for the worldwide body of christ when one part of the body of christ suffers the rest of the body suffers and feels this pain this is what paul was dealing with when he was collecting an offering to take to the jerusalem church because of its poverty so that other churches in their wealth could contribute toward the jerusalem church's poverty Now, of course, we are limited as individuals and as a small church in what we can do. We cannot take care of the whole world. Of course not. So how do we, a small church again, make disciples of all nations? Well, we make disciples here, and we also nurture partnerships in the gospel at the same time. We develop mutually encouraging relationships that are rooted in Christ and in his kingdom. Now, this is the kind of thing that has begun to happen for us in Uganda. Our bishop came to us with the opportunity for a relationship with the the Diocese of Lango, so that we could serve together in the gospel. He asked us to explore this relationship by making an initial trip. It's not only us. What's amazing is that this partnership is not just Church of the Lamb. Church of the Holy Cross in Crozet traveled along, as well as uh, Church of the Incarnation in Richmond. This is what John is going to share about, is how all these relationships were nurtured through this trip, and how we see it having the capacity to nurture these relationships further. Now, the exact nature of of the partnership is going to take time to flesh out. It's especially become complicated because we've all been cast into this crisis of coronavirus. But what we're confident in is that these are friends in the gospel, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As much as they will appreciate support from us as we are able to provide it, they provide us with a spiritual support that we deeply need. The African church, especially those that we met, has the gift of joy, the gift of joy even in the midst of experiencing many trials. It's a gift that we can learn a lot from. Now, since our return, Dan, John, and I have supported a project there ourselves in very small ways, just as a way of expressing our desire for the partnership to grow. And as time goes by, we're gonna let you know how we can all be a part of the partnership together. Um, But from here, I'm gonna let John begin to share with you more about the people and the details of our trip uh, and some ways that we see possibility for partnership in the coming days. Now, let me turn it over to John so that he can begin his presentation.
2: Okay, what do I do here? Just you, you're, you're, you're your screen so you get to, get to share okay. Good morning, everyone. In early March of this year, a new partnership initiative between the Diocese of Christ Our Hope and the Diocese of Longo, Uganda was launched. Our diocese team of 11 members included parishioners from Church of the Lamb, Holy Cross, Crozet. In Church of the Incarnation Richmond. Uganda is called the Pearl of Africa and it is in East Central Africa, which you see on this map shown in red. The country straddles the equator just above Lake Victoria and it's bordered by Sudan, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. It is a country of majestic landscapes from lush green mountains and valleys to snow-capped peaks towering over 16,000 feet in elevation. Uganda is the source of the mighty Nile River which flows north out of Lake Victoria through the Sudan and Egypt into the Mediterranean. Its magnificent wildlife is legendary, the stuff of safari ventures, novels and movies. Its people live in extremes of habitats from a modern city like Kampala, to small towns and countless primitive villages. While city dwellers often enjoy more comfortable physical lives, the daily lives of the majority of village and small town Ugandans are less than comfortable. These scenes are not unique to any part of the country. In fact, they are seen everywhere. Our diocese partnership mission sites included the capital city of Kampala, where we witnessed the installation of the new Archbishop of Uganda, followed by an intensive week in the Diocese of Lango region, which is headquartered near the small city of Lira in the northern part of the country. After eight of the team returned to the States, Kevin, Dan, and I extended our stay and traveled to Soroti, where we were hosted by the director of a Christian Teacher Training Institute, which we observed for three days. The Lango Diocese headquarters is in the small community of Boroboro, just outside the city of Lyra. Our own Bishop, Steve Breedlove, and Bishop of Lango, Alfred Olwa, began discussing a diocese partnership some time ago. This new partnership will enable parishes in our diocese to participate in school and church ministries, as well as a variety of social projects which the Diocese of Longo is already involved in. Notice the photos, let me go back. Notice the photos of both our bishops in the uh, partner promotional sign,
1: which was designed and printed by the Ugandans in preparation for our arrival. I'm going back here just a little bit. The Diocese of Lango,
2: under the Anglican Church of Uganda, oversees 188 primary schools. It oversees 30 secondary or high schools, four technical vocational schools, and one university, All Saints University, in the city of Lira. This video will illustrate the Lango Diocese commitment to just the one level of education,
1: the primary or elementary. So I'm not sure where to go here. As
2: incredible as it may sound, nearly 4 million students are enrolled in educational institutions founded by the Church of Uganda. Working in tandem with the government's Department of Education, which oversees its own public schools, The Anglican Church's Director of Education is charged with overseeing 55 pre-primary schools, 5,000 primary schools, 460 secondary schools, 50 post-primary schools, which include vocational training schools, as well as six universities, including Uganda Christian University in Kampala. The Diocese of Lango alone which was the focus of our partnership visit, oversees 188 primary schools, 30 secondary schools, four technical schools, and one university. Needless to say, everywhere we traveled, we were overwhelmingly welcomed by both students and teachers. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, because God's kingdom belongs to people who are like these children. Matthew 19, verse 14. It is often said that children are the church of tomorrow, but in reality, they are the church of today. In this photo, you see a group of God's children in the Diocese of Lango are being educated in a Christian environment. Notice the church behind them. By God's grace, these little ones in God's kingdom today will indeed also be the church of tomorrow. As we pray for direction in our partnerships with the Diocese of L'Ango, I trust that God will establish educational partnerships between our Diocese of Christ, our hope, and L'Ango. Many of our team are educators and include preschool and high school teachers, as well as a distinguished biblical scholar from Harvard University. While God may use our gifts to enhance educational practices in Uganda, we must never forget that Uganda's children are his gifts to the world and to us. We must become like them if we are to enter the kingdom of heaven. There are approximately 4 million Anglicans in Uganda. Of that number, the Diocese of Lango alone includes approximately 340,000 members. That is two and a half times larger than the entire membership of the Anglican Church of North America. In this video clip, Dan Velker describes the heart of these parishioners.
1: Several things that I loved about Uganda, the beauty and joy of its people, the way those people expressed their hospitality towards us and their love of Christ in their churches. Everywhere we went, we were welcomed with dancing, singing, and food. Joy flows from them with songs and high-pitched trills. They worship in churches that have dirt floors. They worship in churches built on top of the town garbage dump. They worship in churches with no windows, no doors, no electricity. They worship in churches that were built on top of massacre sites. And still they worship, they pray, and they sing. When it's time for afternoon prayer meeting at the Cathedral of Lango Diocese, they sing their prayers. Most about Uganda, it's unquestionably their abundant ability to show and express their joy in Christ.
2: Uganda has the largest number of Christians of any country on the African continent. Anglicans and Catholics make up about 75% of that number, with various evangelical denominations the remainder. But note, approximately 14% of all Ugandans are Muslim and that number is growing. The Islamic mantra from Cairo to the Cape is a reality in the making as it passes through the heart of Uganda. Over the centuries, Islam has swept southward from Northern Africa and westward from the Middle East. As it sweeps southward to the Cape of South Africa, Uganda, a predominantly Christian nation, is in its crosshairs. As this map illustrates, the city of Lyra, where the diocese of Longo is headquartered, it occupies a strategic frontline location. In Lyra itself, a new mosque was recently completed, and it was named after the infamous Ugandan Muslim dictator Idi Amin. This mosque, as well as numerous Islamic schools, businesses, and social services, speak loudly and clearly we are here, and we're fulfilling our mission as Muslims en route to the Cape. In light of this, I believe it is important to insert this note. It is of no consequence that our Sudanese brother, Bishop Andudu, whom many of us know, leads the Arabic-speaking service at Church of the Incarnation in Harrisonburg. Because he is also an ordained Sudanese bishop, Working with the multitudes of persecuted Christians in South Sudan, his plan and desire to send young men and women from South Sudan to nearby All Saints University in Lira is likewise no coincidence. This interdiocese connectivity with the Church of the Incarnation in Harrisonburg only strengthens our partnership mission with Uganda. Now, while prayer and commitment to remaining a strong and faithful witness to the gospel are primary to its mission, the Diocese of Lango has been hindered in fulfilling that mission due to a lack of adequate facilities, as you can see. You notice the records vault at the diocese headquarters now, overstuffed and overrunning with no space. And you see Bishop Olwa's uh, presentation in a small room. That serves as his office. While prayer and commitment to remaining a strong and faithful witness to the gospel are primary to its mission, the Diocese of Longo has been hindered in fulfilling that purpose. And that is where we, as the Diocese of Christ our hope, came away from Uganda with at least one immediate and unified partnership priority, and that being to help the Diocese of Longo complete a much-needed mission center. This dream of Longo is not new. It has lingered for
1: years. And on our arrival, this is what we saw. A dream in progress. As incomplete as it is at this
2: stage, the dream is beginning to be realized. During our time, Our Church of the Lamb architects, shown on the left, quite familiar I'm sure, were (laughs) able to observe the framing and pouring of the slab for the second floor of this proposed three-story facility. We're not sure if the construction process is OSHA approved, but you can be the judge. With rebar and brick blocks in place on subflooring, our team cautiously climbed a wooden ramp, meaning stairs have not yet been built, to the soon to be poured second floor. Knowing that the subflooring on which we stood was supported only by fresh cut trees below us, certainly demonstrated what we called faith in action. After we left Uganda, and with the financial contributions from many Ugandans, Holy Cross Crozet, Pastor Kevin, Dan, and I, we began. the work began on pouring the second floor slab. As this short video clip shows, only the most modern construction equipment was used. We might say almost completely modern. After we left Uganda and with financial contributions from many Ugandans Holy Cross Crozet, Pastor Kevin, Dan, and I proceeded to look at the construction to date and as you can see much remains to be done. But as we left Uganda with a heart committed to seeing seeing this project completed, a second issue arose. The second largest desert location invasion in almost 75 years invaded Somalia, Kenya, and Uganda from the Middle East. Massive hordes of locusts have darkened the sun and destroyed most crops. This has forced some poor villagers to eat their invading enemy in order to stave off hunger, as you can see. Combined with the plague of COVID-19, the plague of locusts has crippled many parts of East Central Africa, especially in the rural areas. The priorities for our partnership with the diocese must now include not only our ongoing commitment to the construction of the mission center, but also the identification of ways in which we can help our brothers and sisters bear this latest and devastating event. At least we know where to begin. Pray for Longo.
1: Pray for Uganda. That's what needs to happen here. Thank you, John.
0: So, what I hope you see in this is um enormous opportunity for us to serve with God and his kingdom by partnering with the Diocese of Lango. This is a partnership that encourages us, challenges us to be more faithful in kingdom work here, um, as well as um, working with them and discerning what God wishes to do um, in Lango and in Uganda and beyond Uganda, the mission center center the dream of that place is to be a spot where new pastors can be educated and equipped to counter Islam and the growing force that that will be in their ministries there every day. So. <clears throat> We will let you know more as we become aware of ways that you can be involved. Um, We're working with Holy Cross now and figuring out more uh, of what they need and how we can actually serve them in the immediate crisis of the locust plague. Um, For now, as John said, I would ask you to pray for these new friends that we have, um, that God would protect and shield them and care for them.